Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network, and it's spelled B-L-E-A-V, where I believe in Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. And you know why I know that? Because I got my free agent expert on today. That's the talk of the NFL. Free agency somehow opened up this week, which I just never thought would happen, but it did. There's been moves left and right. We got so much to talk about here on the show, and I'm so glad to have Paul Jackson, Paul from Tampa here, to get his opinion, have him break it all down. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing good. Just trying to hunker down here, uh, but besides that, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk some football. Oh my goodness. Uh, The world is crazy, but the NFL world is even crazier, especially when it comes to the Detroit Lions. So we're going to get right into it, man. I want to talk about some of the ads first and get your opinions there, because I know that's kind of top of people's mind. So, uh, you know, to me, we we added your boy Danny Amendola. We had already talked about that. You were willing to give him any type of dollars that he wanted, and the Lions gave him a four or five million dollar deal, one year contract with some of the other signings as well as wide receivers. We see that's been a pretty nice little signing. He should be another good football player this year. The first big signing the Detroit Lions made. Um, a little bit of an off the radar, you know, this was a guy I knew, but uh, I hadn't heard many Lions fans talk about him. He's kind of an under the radar offensive lineman. I'm not going to try for the first name there, uh, Paul, but we've decided we will call him Hal Vitae of the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Vitae is a uh, 27 year old, you know, he kind of played spotty over there in Philly. He's basically a right tackle. Um, you know, he had, he's had his moments. He also has his faults as well. What'd you think when the Lions gave Hal Vitae what first looked like five years, 50 million, that numbers come down a little bit. It's more of kind of a two year contract with an out. What do you think about Hal Vitae maybe being the right tackle or the right guard for the Detroit Lions? Big V is right for me. That's <laughs> oh, what I have boy. to say about that. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the signing. Um, I, but one of the, things that hasn't been talked about that much is he's actually a very versatile player. He's able to play uh, every position except for center. And um, I, I, I really like that idea uh, that, you know, obviously he's going to step in and play right tackle right away, but he can, he can fill in at left tackle if Decker's uh, Decker's hurting. And of course he can slide inside as well. I, I was kind of surprised that they actually went for this position. I kind of thought uh, Crosby was, you know, uh, ready to step in, but apparently the Lions uh, don't think that way. But uh, I, I also feel that, um, you know, there's a chance that Crosby could still play right tackle and, and Big V could scoot inside if they're having trouble, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, injury concerns or just performance problems at guard. But, yeah, it's it's a good signing to me. Um, yes, he has been spotty with, with Philadelphia, and he, you know, he wasn't a starter. But then again, they have the best two tackles in the NFL. So um, I think got to give him a little bit benefit of the doubt. And he doesn't have much miles on him, unlike Wagner, because he's not playing, you know, 800 snaps a year. Right. I, I like your opinion. I mean, the, the one thing I brought up or talked to some people about was the, the versatility point that you brought up. I mean, I think that's the first thing the Lions look for. There's no way you can come on the Detroit Lions and play one offensive uh, spot on the offensive line or most positions, to be honest, especially on defense as well. you got to be able to fill multiple holes. Uh, I think he does that. I mean, I think that right side is going to be where you're going to find him. I, I I don't know about the, the garter, you know, over tackle. Uh, Crosby, to me, has been spotty as well but I think you know that'll be interesting and then the other point I brought up is what you said at the end how he's sort of been he couldn't have played over Lane Johnson or Peters and 
you know, they look at that as a negative. Maybe it's a positive. And uh, I think the Lions are always looking for the guys on the come up. You know, they're, they're not opposed to getting a veteran, which we'll talk about here in a bit with the track record. But they kind of would more so get a guy that's about ready to play some good football or so they hope. And I guess my big worry has been. You know, we've had some hit or misses there, you know, where you think a guy's going to be right on the cusp and he doesn't perform the way you want. It's hurt the football team. So I guess, you know, my overall thought was, you know, when I looked at this guy, when it comes to PFF, I was a little bit more shaky. He was kind of, you know, I put him as kind of an inconsistent. And then if you watch him, he, he just seemed to have great plays where he'd kill people in the run game and whatnot. And then he'd have these ones where a guy would just blow right by him. He looked like he was in quicksand. So I had some worries there. You know, the dollars worried me at the beginning. Now, not so much. And I just hope it works, man. I hope he has a, a, a rough attitude. You know, I watched a couple interviews with him. I didn't know if he had that, uh, I don't know, how do you say it, Paul? The dog in him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think that if he has some of that or if he's a little bit more of a road grader, that could be a positive. And like you say, you know, they got to sure up that offensive line. They put a lot of stuff into it. So I was actually a little bit more down on this signing. That sounds like you were, but you know, unfortunately, which I don't like to do often. I got to take that wait and see approach a little bit with big V and see if he uh, lives up to that nickname there. Yeah. Sounds good. The, uh, the next signing, uh, you know, these might not be in perfect order, but the next big one that that I have here is that, uh, you know, Jamie Collins, they brought him back. My first initial impression was, wasn't Jamie Collins good like four or five years ago? You know, he's the absolute beast, and he got sent to Cleveland. He was a bum, and then he'd come back and played a little bit good football, but I was, you know, worried about him, you know, in regards to his age and just where he was at. You know, digging into him a little bit more, I've been pretty impressed with his athleticism. Obviously, he knows the scheme and system. You can move him around. He can pass rush. He can cover. He can tackle. He can play middle linebacker. He can play on the outsides if you need him. So I'm pretty positive on this, to be honest. I think he does have that dog mentality. I do think that he could really come in here and be a nasty leader for this football team. So I, I really, the Jamie Collins signing has grown on me a lot in comparison to what they had or what they didn't have before they got a guy like this. Yeah, I I agree. It's I think it's a little more of a boomer bust uh, kind of yeah. thing than than big than big V. Um, the thing I like about Collins is he doesn't necessarily have any weaknesses. He's not going to be a ten out of ten in any specific uh, part of his game, but he's pretty much just good at everything. And I think the problem that the Lions linebackers have is uh, they they tend to be not as versatile with their strengths as as they should be. For for instance, uh, Tavai good good run stopper, but he's just not that fast. Um, Frankenstein Jones, well, I guess he's not really good at anything, but um, and he's, he's and then, good at things. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Jared Davis, uh, obviously fast as you can be, but the guy can't cover and he doesn't make good reads, but I feel like Jamie Collins isn't, he doesn't have any weaknesses. So he can be on, he can be on the field for all three downs. And more importantly, he can allow uh, the substituting of those other linebackers. I just mentioned to only have them in the game when they are essentially using their strengths. You know, you you don't want Jones out there if they're going to pass. So, um, that's one of the underrated thing, uh, underrated part of this signing, in my opinion. Yeah, like you said, he's uh, you know, not necessarily amazing at anything, but really versatile guy. You know, obviously a vet in the league. I think he's got a couple more good years left, and I think he's got a little more juice than some of our other guys. Like, you know, we'll get to it here on the back half of this where they then cut Devin Devon Kennard, but. You know, I think he's got more juice than Kennard. I think he can be a little more nasty. I think he can get off blocks, get after the quarterback a little bit more, as well as people don't think of Jamie Collins as a as a cover guy because he's like 6'3", 250. But he, he does that pretty well, you know, getting after guys underneath covering, which, like you noted, has kind of been our main issue. So I'm really interested to see what he brings. I hope he can kind of be a leader, um, you know, in his role, or at least a guy that performs on the field and leads by example in that realm because that's something that side of the ball really needs. Uh, next signing I have here is Chase Daniel, backup quarterback, 33 years old. You know, I brought him in on kind of a – it's crazy when you see these – contracts for quarterbacks because you're so used to seeing the starting numbers so you, you get like a three-year like I don't know what it was 14 13 million dollars total somewhere in that range it's kind of like wow you know I'm not a big Chase Daniel guy but for that kind of money and he's been kind of that I think I compared him 
to um, Sean Hill, where it's kind of like he's there. Everyone seems to always love him as a backup, even though when he comes in, he rarely wins football games, but he also doesn't kill you. So, you know, I much rather would have had a young guy or roll the dice, but I think it does give you some stability there as long as him and Stafford get along, and I didn't mind the contract number. What do you think of Chase Daniel as, as kind of the backup QB or a quarterback, you know, in the mix uh, for the Detroit Lions? Well, I, I like the idea of signing a capable backup quarterback. Clearly, that was a big problem last year. Um, I just don't feel like Chase Daniel was the capable backup quarterback I wanted. Yeah. And it, it's not it's not because he's not a good backup quarterback, but I've, I've always felt that your backup quarterback should have a different skill set than your starter. If you mm-hmm. have a uh, if you have a statue, uh, you know, a quarterback, then you want to find a versatile guy as your backup, and you know, vice versa. And Chase Daniels, he's he's not the athletic type. The the guy the guy I wanted the Lions to sign was PJ Walker. Um, this guy absolutely tore up the XFL. He's the complete he's the complete opposite of Stafford, and um, he can come in and win, win some games. But again, signing a good backup is important. I just felt like it wasn't the best type of uh, of backup. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Paul, this is where you lose me. This is where I got to take the gloves off and come after you. Because I had this on my radar, even though it's our free agent show. You, you got to explain to me your love for the XFL and, and to bring up an XFL player thinking that was your target. I mean, I got beef with you anyway about versatile versus statue because what, what do you have? Two different playbooks completely for these guys? Like, I always feel like your, your backup needs to be similar so you don't have to change your whole team on the fly. I mean, you can have a gadget guy. I don't mind that, but a quarterback to do a couple things but I don't think you want to have you know north and south pole at the quarterback position but but take a a couple minutes or a minute or so and explain your love for the XFL to the people because I see you all over the uh the Vipers I see you repping uh, XFL better than NFL I watched about two games I was done with it sorry Vincent Kennedy McMahon I mean I don't know what to tell you but uh it was rough I mean to me the XFL has this no Sorry, Paul, it's true. It was not good except for the audio and some of the crazy creative things they did. Other than that, I just wasn't a fan. Well, you must have not been paying close enough attention because it's... (laughs) I got you hot, don't I? uh, Well, of course the football isn't as good. I mean, you don't have the best players in the world playing. But the actual sport, the gameplay, the different rules, the, the fan experience was unlike none other. I mean, it was... I've had been to hundreds of professional and college sport events in my life. I've never had more fun than I have at a Tampa Bay Vipers game. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, the second game, a, a guy, a guy snuck on the field dressed up as Hulk Hogan. Okay. And security didn't even notice him. He just strolling around behind the end zone wearing a Hulk Hogan outfit and eventually security guard who, who were talking to Shane McMahon. That's why they weren't paying attention. They looked over and they see some, you know, five foot eight guy dressed up as Hulk Hogan. They walked over like, hey, man, what's going on? And he just started sprinting out and he just <laughs> ran right through the tunnel. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, it just, it's just awesome. I could go on and on and on and on. But um, no, no, no. Yeah, we, anyway. we may we may give you your own XFL show uh, <laughs> one of these days right here on the Believe Podcast yeah. Network, part of the uh, Believe in Lions, but not today. Um, okay. so, so, so you want the backup quarterback. I mean, you love it because uh, Hulk Hogan brother ran out on the field. But uh, I, <laughs> well, there, there's more to it than that. But, yeah, I, I want to give you a quick story. Uh, right. And and if not P.J. Walker, just just uh, you, you you mentioned, you know, having a different game plan and everything. Well, I, I see a backup quarterback more as like when they come in, the defense doesn't know what to do. And when you have an op, when you have a, a now in, in the long run, yes, it could be if you have a situation like last year where the backup's out for the whole year or half the year, then well, you're screwed anyway. But if it's a couple games, having a player with a different skill set and the defense just doesn't know what to do, that's kind of how I feel. Um, now, one thing too about the backup quarterback that is going to be so much different now going forward is now that there's seven uh, playoff spots, having a more capable backup quarterback is so much more important because you can survive a couple, a couple games of with an injured starter. You just, you just have a better chance of making the playoffs uh, just having that seventh spot. So 
I, uh, you know, when you factor that into it, having a more competent backup quarterback than Blau or Driscoll is, um, is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like when I saw this come across, I didn't love it when I thought about it more. I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, you know, Chase Daniel doesn't have great arm strength, good athleticism. You know, I, I hope he's at least good in the film room and whatnot, but you know, I, I wasn't a big fan real quick, even though it's our free agent show, give me 30 seconds. Do you think this kills the chance of taking a QB in the draft? Do you think they're set now or do you think that's still open? Yeah, well, I, if anything, it would be a developmental guy. I mean, Tua, Tua was just never happening. Um, I mean, they can smoke screen and all they want, but Tua, the whole Tua thing wasn't happening. Um, <laughs> you've, now, been, you've been dead now, set. I still think there's a, they could pull the old okey-doke and maybe do it as they're kind of reshaping this whole team. But I think it's a yeah. not the greatest shot, but don't totally scratch it off. Yeah, well, Derek, you know what? After what's happened in <laughs> – on earth the last two weeks, anything can happen. So I guess yeah. up is down at this point. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. But yeah, I, I, people were saying it kills it for me. Like they just have to keep pulling that move, like telling everybody they're going to trade out of number three and hope that somebody bites on that. It's not going to be based on who we have at the quarterback position because I mean, you could easily just keep chase Daniels as that secondary clipboard holder and bring in a guy if, if, if the value is right. But um, people think that we have to like leave that spot open so that everybody is no. guessing. It's like, no, that's not the game we're playing. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Nick sure. Williams uh, was a guy right when I saw it, I was like, isn't that the guy from the Chicago who I picked up on last year, like halfway through the year. I'm, I, I did some work on him cause I saw his numbers. I'm kind of like, don't know this guy. So I, I brought him up. He looked like a big physical dude he got off the football pretty well you know he's you think maybe it's some younger guy but he's 30 years old never had a good year until last year but uh i did some more homework on him as you know i do sometimes where i pull up some things on youtube <laughs> and uh he's a leader man he's just an absolute sound like a great guy i guess like great from the go in chicago and whatnot he's uh looked at as a hard-working leader kind of guys that people look to i think that's always something you want in your locker room so um, what were your thoughts on Nick Williams? I thought for the money they gave him, you know, I think it was like two years, 10 mil, so five per. It seems like a lot, but in today's NFL with the cap raising and just seemed to be sort of the average, I, I'm pretty much okay thinking that we might get a guy that's got a few years on the come up, uh, but it's definitely not a, a dead set. Oh yeah, this guy's going to come in and produce because he just doesn't have that track record. Yeah, I, I see him as like a, Ricky John Francois kind of thing, except he's just a better player, but he, mm, he's nice. experienced. He, he knows what he's doing. He's a good leader. He's, he's not going to, you know, do anything crazy or, you know, have some kind of revolution against the coaching staff. But I mean, yeah, he's not, you know, he, he's not an atomic and sewer or anything. Uh, I, I see him as just kind of being a slight upgrade over, um, over a uh, probably has a little bit more of a pass, uh, pass rush than Ashawn did. So, so it, you know, it was a good signing. I mean, I, I wouldn't, it's, it's not going to make a big difference, but uh, I, I think later on, later as the year goes on, when depth becomes a big problem on the defensive line, uh, third quarter, fourth quarter kind of thing, having a solid player like that, you, you know, you, you, can, you can never have enough of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, for the money, it, it wasn't an expensive deal. He's going to make the team, uh, He's going to contribute, so I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he does. Uh, the next move the Lions made was um, they, they brought in Deron Harmon from the New England Patriots, and this is where it got wild on Twitter. Everybody was throwing a fit because we had brought in all these Patriots, and here we are trading again with the Patriots, and blah, 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 and I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't know why people get hung up on something that stupid. First of all, the New England Patriots have been the greatest – dynasty in the nfl since i've been alive so if you're gonna pluck people from there that's the place to pluck from plus because you have people from the patriots it's much easier to assimilate uh when you do stuff like that so it's not some wonky idea it's also not an idea that not almost every other team does um the problem is we haven't won enough games yet and you know, everybody just takes the easy route and says, oh, well, no one's worked for New England and nobody can replicate double B. It's just like, I get so sick of this because they went out and got Deron Harmon. Uh, 
to me, when you read up on them, you know, they, they did that flip of picks, which to me, I was hoping like it was our sixth for their seventh. Instead, we had to give up the fifth that we got for Quandre. But when you read about Harmon, to me, he's a single high. He, he's a more of a ball hawk than we currently have. He obviously is a, a vet. You know, he's won three Super Bowls. All these things he has going for him. And, and I think, you know, if you were going to add that third safety, you could have either added a nasty, heavy box guy that could really physically beat on people or a guy like this who can go single high, go get the football, and knows the scheme, knows how to lead, and, and is a vet. And they went this route rather than getting a rookie too. So I, the more I read about it, the more I, I loved it, even though the draft price was a little tricky for me. Um, but they, they ended up dealing with that later with a big trade, which we'll get to. Uh, what do you think of Deron Harmon overall, bringing him in with a little trade there by Bobby Quinn? Yeah, I mean, I, I like this. I like the trade. Well, okay, I like the player. I, I wish that uh, they didn't have to make a trade for him. From my understanding, the the Patriots were were thinking about cutting him for as a cap casualty. So, I would like to think that maybe if they waited it out, they could have got him without give you know doing the fifth or seventh. Um, he, he seems like a solid, versatile player, like you just mentioned. My only uh, kind of confusion with this whole thing is he, he does play that deep safety, and I, I just wonder what that means for Tracy Walker because it seemed like you know that was going to be his long-term role playing the, the Glover Quinn deep safety versus like the box safety, like you mentioned. So I don't know if they're just going to have you know the three safeties just be more versatile, period, or if this means that they're going to put Tracy up in the box a little more often. Because uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not really a big Will Harris fan. I think Tracy Walker is the best safety we got. So I just want to make sure that, you know, that this isn't going to hurt his development. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I have any worries there. I think what happens is, um, you know, Harmon just gives more versatility. And, and I am a Will Harris guy. I've been supporting him and, and everybody's bagging on him. But the, the guy played three quarters of a season. Like, he was out there. Yeah, he struggled in coverage. Yeah, he missed some plays. Um but what I read too is bringing on Harmon will allow uh, Will to get more down around the box, be able to blitz a little bit more, maybe be more of a sure tackler. It also, you know, depending on how they use him, lets you do the same thing. I mean, you saw the same thing I did last year, Tracy coming down and Ding up on tight ends, kind of moving him around. Uh, he had some some struggles and some good moments there. So I think what it does is just let you use the two guys you have a little bit more, as well as as much as I love Will Harris, I'm not opposed to bumping him down a peg and letting Harmon and Tracy start and be those back two. And when you want to bring Tracy down and leave Harmon one high, you can do that. When you want to leave uh, Harmon and Tracy back, you could you can move Will around a little bit more and use some of his strengths. So I think it really just plays to what they want to do with safeties, versatile. And again, this is another guy you can bring in that doesn't need a ton of coaching up, doesn't need just go out and play fast, play hard, which which I like. Um, the next guy is the same thing, Danny Shelton. Oh, Paige, here we go, another Paige. It's like, do you guys recognize that Danny Shelton's a former first-rounder? He's 350-some pounds. He's a, he's a road grader in the middle, a, a, a gap clogger, like – kind of exactly what we needed uh, when we got rid of snacks two years what four million per uh, you know has really been on the uptrend the last couple of years he's not flipping systems you're not telling him to be a, a pass rusher you're telling him to kind of be a gap guy as well as add some some juice and what he's like 25 i think 26 27 ish i think is his age i, I like this signing a lot based on the money the pedigree this guy had, a beast. I remember him come out in the draft. Everybody in Detroit was like, oh, it'd be nice to get Danny Shelton. And then he went really high to uh, to what he, he started in Cleveland there and didn't, didn't fare so well once he got in the NFL. But, um, you know, this guy I've had my eyes on for a while. He's had his ups and downs. I think maybe he's found himself a little bit, and I like this signing. So what would you think? I think he's the 2020 version of Danny Amendola. I mean, oh, nice. he, he looks just like him and he plays just like him. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding about that. But, like, everyone was, was, was you know, ripping on Danny Mendola last year. Oh, the old Patriot. He's, you know, he just got it. He's system. No, I mean, it, this is the – and look how that worked out. Yeah. This is – I'm shocked. I mean, two years, $8 million? I mean, this guy's going to play first and second down. I mean, I'd like to think he's going to be play better than Snacks did in 2019. I don't see him being as good as Snacks – 2018 but if you're somewhere in the middle we'll take it for that cheap amount just 
you know, freeing up those ends to, to get movement on the, you know, on the quarterback, I'll take it. I mean, 350 pounds. I mean, he's a big boy. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, this is my favorite signing without a doubt. And when you factor in how cheap it was, it makes it even better. Nice. Yeah. My, my big argument too, in the draft, you'll hear me say this a lot or in free agency, like it goes for offensive tackles as well as defensive uh, front guys it's hard to find guys that are 320 some pounds. that can move. And this guy's 350 and could do it, you know, or yeah. 340 if he's trimmed down a little bit. It's like, you, there's not many people walking the earth that can be 340 pounds. He's probably like six, six, four ish, whatever he is uh, height wise and can, can move his that weight around, push people around. Like it's size is a thing in the NFL. Like for, you know, while everybody's trying to go tiny, like, like good luck going with a tiny center when you got this guy right over your nose coming at you. So I, I love it that the Lions try to beef up, get bigger and nastier. And to me, uh, it may be just my hang-up, but that those Samoan Polynesian guys in the middle, they, they just seem to be nasty. They seem to have a little bit extra than people. I mean, I know the Patriots love Seau when he was there. Now we got Tavai. I could see Tavai and, and Danny Boy, uh, Danny Shelton being boys and uh, just being maybe that those two guys stacked up in the middle that you don't want to deal with because Tavai will bring some thump, and I think um, Shelton will get after you a little bit too in the middle. So I, I liked it as well. Probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, signings that they had uh, – the next move was interesting. Uh, the next one I have here on my list was, uh, you know, D- Trufant had got, uh, which Trufant is he? I, I don't know why the name is always. So we got Desmond Trufant. Desmond. He got, yeah, Desmond. <laughs> he got let go by Atlanta and kind of sat there for a while. The Lions probably perused the cornerback market, looked around, negotiated with some guys. You know, everybody wanted, you know, the Byron Jones, including me. He was kind of, but when I saw his contract, I was like, yeah, you know, that's not something the Lions will do is go out and, and pay that top, top money. And instead, they waited it out, and they got this guy. To me, he's a bit past his days, but he also is kind of a dog as well. Like, he's a former pro bowler. You watch him a little bit. He's pretty nasty. He can press. He can get after you. Uh, He can run. I feel like the reason he'll be good is because Trufant's coming in with no boys on the team, no, like, you got rid of my buddy, no nothing, except he's going to want to come in and prove himself to get this contract and to kind of revitalize his career. He's hurt a lot last year too. That's why he didn't have the type of year he was used to or whatever. So if he can come in here and have a good year, I told people, I think he's an upgrade from Melvin from day one. Um, So I think that that'll be a plus. And I'm just curious to see what they add. You know, will they add Okuda to him? Will they go out and continue to bargain shop at cornerback? I'm really interested. But they're kind of reshaping their corners on the fly a little bit, as well as hoping that you get a bounce back from Coleman. So what do you think of Desmond Trufant to the Detroit Lions? Two years, 21 mil. I see Desmond Trufant as being kind of like that, the 1A kind of uh, cornerback where – he, he might not be, you know, a team's number one lockdown, but he's definitely better than most number twos. Kind of yeah. like kind of like a Marvin Jones kind of thing. Uh, I like that. Know. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's similar to, to Slay. I mean, the same draft class, same height, same weight. Um, he's probably not quite as good as Slay, but like you mentioned, a lot of that is to do with his injury. And last year he actually broke his forearm, which – you know, that's never good to break anything, but it's better to have an upper body injury for an athletic player than a lower body. So, you know, assuming he stays healthy, I mean, it's, it, yes, it's a slight downgrade over a healthy sleigh, but, um, you know, I can live with it. And um, I'll say this, that the Lions, he's, let's just say this, the the number two, uh, or even I guess you could say number one corner, back uh, on the lines for the 2020 season is not on the team yet, whoever that may be. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's hard to kind of judge the defensive backs until the, all the puzzle pieces have been put in place. But I like, I, I think Trufant uh, can definitely fill it. Now it, it's not a, not, not a long-term solution though. Yeah. Uh, he, this guy's he's not going to be a 2023 lion. Let just put it that way. Yeah. So, but, but for 2020, when, um, you know, when jobs are on the line, I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think that, you know, 
not the long-term answer, and you, you posed him as kind of that that guy who's like serviceable, but he doesn't blow you away with, with his ability at this time in his career, but he's not going to hurt you either. I don't think he's going to come out there and play weak. I don't think he's going to be afraid to tackle. I don't think he won't probably get his hands on maybe a few more footballs than we've seen the past couple of years. So I, I like this signing as well. I mean, again, you're not finding corners with the, his type of pedigree for, you know, cheap people are like, Oh man, 10 some million bucks on average. It's, it's, it's not really, I mean, it's usually that one year with the back year, not so much guaranteed as well as I think it, I can't remember. I can't give him the credit, but somebody put out on online about like his athleticism or his scores versus our current crew and like true font was leading in a lot of those categories when it comes to like shuttle time 40 you know vert jump all these things they were throwing out there so when you compared him to slay i was thinking yeah i think when i saw that like he really was not off on many of these numbers when it comes to where he was when they came out and also like you know what he can maybe bring to the table so i'm very interested we definitely need some some help um when it comes to corners there so he's a critical piece to me you know he can't come in and be um, your boy we had in here from Jacksonville a couple years ago or, you know, what Melvin gave us, which was only like four decent games, and then he disappeared on us. We need a guy that can literally, if he's going to be that number two corner, you know, or, or even maybe number one at times, like he's going to have to play um, play at optimal level. So he can't come in and be a, be a bum. That would really hurt the secondary. We'll get to the slay trade here at the end. That's obviously a big move. Um, as we're recording here, um, just got word uh, they're bringing back Miles Killebrew. So, and they also signed another cornerback that's a a pretty legit, no doubt, special teamer. So between that guy, I think it was McCray, maybe was his name. You got Killebrew, and then you've got uh, Jalen Reese Maven, who is maybe one of the highest graded people when it comes to special teams in the league. Um, so, always got to add to that as well. You know, we always joke that it's th- a third of the game when not really. It's only really a handful of plays, but it can be important at times having a good special teams. So, that's pretty much the major moves they've made. But Hey, what's going on, everybody? Before we start the second part of this episode where we talk about uh, the players the Lions lost and other things in regards to free agency, I want to jump on real quick and just remind you, uh, thank you first and foremost for all the support here on Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions. Really means a lot to the show, and we're always looking to expand our listenership in all types of different ways. So if you could please hit that subscribe button, whether you listen on iTunes or a different platform, you know, hit that favorite button, uh, share it with a friend. We really appreciate that. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Luminary, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher. I mean, all types of other podcast platforms. Uh, really appreciate that. And again, thank you guys so much for listening to Believe in Lions, where we believe b-l-e-a-v in the detroit lions always and forever Uh, enjoy the second part of the show early on in the process you know they decide to move on from snacks you know we i think we talked about that previously where it's kind of like uh you know both the injury his age as well as he just sort of the attitude and just didn't seem like he fit the lions felt like they could use that money which again if you look at this free agency period paul i think the biggest thing i've seen is the lions took people that they felt and that most people would feel were underperforming especially based on their contract and booted them and then took what money they could and tried to put it back into players that they thought would be better not only in 2020 but hopefully, you know, 2021 and, and some even beyond that. So they were just trying to upgrade at certain spots or get people that either had more fight, more tenacity, no off the field issues, whatever it was, and get better. And I think that's all you can do. So they moved on from snacks. The next big move they did, which this was one I didn't really ex- expect, to be honest. Like, I thought, you know, based on what tackles get paid, they would keep Rick Wagner. They decided to move on from him, take that money and put it into a uh, – Big V uh, there. What, what do you think about that move now that it's done? I don't think we've been on since then. And uh, that was kind of a big move because tackles aren't cheap. And Rick Wagner wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible either. So what, what do you think about that move? I think that it was a it was actually a prudent move. Um, yep. This is a situation where I really feel the Lions brass knows a lot more about what's going on with, with Wagner than us, um, you know, us fans. Yeah, it, it's it's clear he's never been 100 percent healthy uh, since he's he plays through a lot. He's a tough guy. 
but he just seems to, to be one of those guys who, you know, when he's at a hundred percent, he's okay, but he's, he just, he's getting older and he's getting more beat up, but he's not one of those guys who can say, hey, you know, put in Crosby, put in Crosby. And when a player, when a player leaves the lines to me, a, a very uh, good indicator as to what the, uh, the NFL thinks of in, of them is how much they signed for versus the guy uh, versus the guy we filled them in. And, and the, the Packers signed him for two years, 11 million. Okay. Which is like what, almost a third of what he was making on the lions. So that tells me that it's, it's not really a, a secret that, you know, he's on his last legs. And I think it's one of those things where, yes, they could, they probably would have released him next year, even if he played okay this year, just the way his contract was set up. But um, yeah, it, he was an expensive player. It's a big cap savings. And, you know, the big V, uh, big V playing its best is going to be probably a little bit better than Wagner is. And again, you know, they have a capable backup with Crosby. So it, it makes sense. It's unfortunate that they, uh, you know, they went that route a few, few years ago because he was at one time, I think he had the second biggest cap hit on the team besides Stafford. So it, it's unfortunate, but I think it's one of those things where, sometimes got to cut bait. And this was a good example of that. Yeah. I think, you know, Rick Wagner needs to play better. You know, he needed a more solid player there. We're able to get another guy that's, you know, has some more upside as well as maybe more of a road grader. We never got good push in the run game. So I'm okay with it. You know, I felt like they maybe opened themselves up there for having to pay then 15 million or more to get a guy that was serviceable or a really big stud. They decided to go kind of, uh, minus one and add similar similar contract there and Bob Quinn likes to front load so when you really break down the Rick Wagner deal like a lot of the guaranteed money he got and then the minute he, there was nothing guaranteed left he pretty much moved on from the guy once his play deteriorated so that's something we don't always notice as well we just think oh he, he only played near what two three years and we signed him for five well you know, it's just kind of like you said, a prudent move to get out at that point. I think the next one really surprised me, but I had heard some rumblings as well as, you know, when they brought in Jamie Collins, you know, I got, I got a lot of thoughts on this one. Devon Kennard being cut to me was, you know, a money savings as well as I think he was 28 years old. You know, he, he got seven sacks a year when he was here with the lions, but he did not really jump off the page by any means. You know, that steady player, that guy that could get the hustle sacks, the cleanup sacks, play decent in, in other areas, captain, good guy off the field, all those other things you look for. But, you know, my opinion was, could you have kept or got Jamie Collins and kept Kennard to sort of bolster what you had there? Or are you looking to get Jamie Collins, get rid of Kennard and leave yourself open to still take another type of player that's got more juice on the edge in the draft? or with another move. So did this one surprise you at all? Or were you, were you bummed to see Devon Kennard leave? He's, he's really been a, a great citizen and a, and a better player than most expected when they signed him. Yeah. This one just doesn't make any sense. I mean, he wasn't an expensive uh, free agent like Ricky Wagner. I mean, yeah, he's not a, not, not a great NFL player, but he's a legitimate starter. And I don't see what's wrong with having a, having a competent fourth linebacker. Um, that they could rotate in or out. And, and I mean, Jamie Collins is 30 years old and he, he's been injured in the past. Um, Tobai got injured at the end of the year. Jared Davis, uh, you know, he's, as we mentioned before, kind of a one, one dimensional player. And if you have a competent, relatively cheap backup, who's a good leader or is a captain, I, I don't see, I don't see the reason to do this. I mean, they didn't save that much money. And this is one of those things where if they were going to cut him, it would make more sense to cut him like in training camp um, kind of thing. Like maybe if Austin Bryant, you know, comes in and he's kicking butt in training camp and like, you know, what, we don't really need uh, Kennard, then that would make sense. But it seems like, you know, here we are in, in March and you're cutting a guy like that just to save a couple million. I, plus plus a, with a win, with a win now attitude, it, it just doesn't make much sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. This doesn't, and, and and the Cardinals the Cardinals played good paid good money for him. He got like a fifty percent raise after what the, the Lions cut him for. So it, it's not like the league doesn't doesn't see him as being an asset. You know, contrary to like what happened with Wagner. So yeah, the, the, there's no real logical reason for this. Right. Well, a couple counterpoints real quick. We'll keep it moving. Is like it ended up clearing about six million. So you kind of 
Um, you know, and you can only keep so many of a position on the field when you're looking at your 53. So you know, when I've been breaking down my two deep a little bit more here in the last couple of years, like you only really carry what, like, you know, five, six linebackers max, you know, a few uh, X amount of corners. So I think, like you said, when it comes down to NFL team, they're really precise with like how many they can keep and, and where the money's going, where we sometimes are just like, oh, he's a pretty good player. And and I know you said only a couple million, like saving six millions, not not a tiny amount in, in comparison. That's, you know, that's almost two thirds of going out and getting a true font, which they did kind of after that cut, I believe. So some of that money does go back into other football players, but I, I don't know. I think it's more of that. And then we don't even know the dynamics in the locker room. You know, Kennard was the captain leader. He's also the, the player rep. So, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on with that, with the new CBA and Kennard, I know is one of the outspoken guys about saying yes and why you should say yes. And why there's no reason not to approve. There's been a lot of, what was that? That was basically a 50, 50 split players across the board. So, you know, maybe they just felt like it was a little bit of dynamic. Maybe him and Jamie Collins wouldn't have got along and wouldn't be able to play together. You know, there's all those things we don't know. So I think it might have been more of that because, like you say, when you really look at it, if you could have both of them and let go of someone else down the down the radar a little bit at another position, it seems like it would have been the thing to do. But like I say, these are the type of aggressive things that Bob Quinn does, and you look at it later and go, that that didn't work at all or you know hopefully we'll start saying wow what a aggressive cut and it did really help the football team so we'll we'll see with that um we got to finish you know the the minus is out with this one paul darius slay we had talked about it lots of rumor and innuendo lots of what's his value what can we get for him they ended up shipping him to philly for a third and a fifth and saved his 10 million which they've kind of yet to use on another position i think Detroit Lions fans uh, would believe a lot more if they uh, end up taking that money and adding another piece on one side of the football that is shiny and also is uh, a reason that they they have that money now. They haven't done that yet, but to me, the third and the fifth is is nothing to shake a stick at. You know, this is a great draft for running backs and receivers in the fifth round and also in the third round. Um, you should be able to get a, an instant starter or a heavy contributor at that point, in my opinion. So Darius Slay, gone. He gone. What do you think? And what do you think about the compensation we got back? Well, well, this is def- definitely not good for 2020. I, but I do think in 2021, 2022, when Slay starts slowing down, like like all 30-year-old corners do, it, it's probably a good thing. But, yeah, I mean. Hold on, though. You're talking about, like, just straight up, like, couldn't you imagine it would have got pretty ugly had he just been sitting around uh, oh. on his same deal heading into the year? So it's oh, not yeah. Madden where it's just like, oh, you know, we're yeah. Slay out there. Like, I think it would have been messy. So it's one of those, yeah, he kind of pigeonholed you, but I think you pretty much had to move on, especially after yes. what he said. So I think it's it's much better for, for, for that yeah. as well. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the truth is what, what they got back from him is great, but the truth is they had they had to get rid of him, unfortunately, with all this drama. Um, so it, it was, um, you know, a third and fifth. Now, granted, Bob Quinn's picked better in the third round than he has in the first or second round. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take that. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's sad, but it's kind of hard truth. Uh, so, it, you know, it it is what it is and uh, they're just going to have to move on. And hopefully this whole thing will just be over. And I already unfollowed him on Twitter and I just, I don't want to hear from this guy. I just want him to go, go off. Like Mike Dyson <laughs> said, off to oblivion. All right. Just get out of here. I don't want to hear from you ever again. You, you two quandary, you two uh, Megatron, just shoe fly. Get out of here. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, people say that's like petty or like, Oh, how people turn on slate quick. It's like, you know, we enjoyed you when you were here. Like you, you had your good moments. You obviously at the end decided to kind of get your way. You know, he continues to talk, continues to throw people under the bus, continues to kind of spin the, the argument. And that's, that's the only reason. Like I see people online acting like people are just turning on him for no reason or acting up at him. Like he's just been a, a boy scout, but he really hasn't been, you know, in the media or in this whole situation. I was a proponent a while back when we talked about it, about just saying like, 
you know, you can move on and, and fill other corners. This guy's not getting like six picks a year. He's not housing anything. He's not a big tackler. He's not a, you know, he's a, he's a cover guy. You put on your one and, and okay, he does pretty well and made some pro bowls and whatnot. But I, I like I said, I think the compensation is fine. I think, you know, less headaches this year, the better. Uh, they've pretty much cleaned house the last two years, which nobody wanted to take two years to get their football team, you know, with the way they wanted. But if that's what it took, I feel like we're much more ready to roll now in regards to Patricia people, Patricia scheme, um, you know, the type of gritty guys that he likes and wants to bring in. It, here's my big question. This is how I want to end the show. So we've talked all about free agency. We've talked about the people we've, we've um, hit the subtract button on and the money savings. And obviously we're heading to the draft, but the one thing that keeps coming up in my head is so like the lines again for another off season, really no big splashes. You know, the biggest splash was been Trey flowers the last few years. He, he's not a, he's not an all world football player. I just love his mentality, his, his toughness, his ability to get after the passer a little bit. And here the lions again, just lots of guys that are, they're either boomer bust. They're, they're under the radar. They're maybe they're I hope they're good. They're scheme guys, whatever it is. Like, Paul Jackson, I'm asking your opinion. Do you think the Detroit Lions heading into 2020, based on these moves and who they have coming back and how they've drafted, are they better, substantially better? Are they worse? Are they the same when you look at what they've added? What do you think? Before the draft, if the season started today, I'd say they're slightly worse. But the truth is, if Stafford's healthy, then they're infinitely better. So, um, but you know, they, they do have the number three pick in the draft, but yeah, I mean, if, if you match up projected starters this year, last year, and again, with no 2020 draft picks included, yeah, they're probably slightly worse. And that's just mostly because of the sleigh, sleigh and snacks being gone. Um, but you know, the truth is you, you don't, we don't really win by with free agency, you plug holes, you know, it's, it's, they're short-term things. It's, it's very rare. I mean, Drew Brees is probably the only <laughs> and Reggie White, the only, like uh, Hall of Fame level uh, free agents, difference makers, you know, in the past 25 years. So, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. Um, Trey Flowers was, you're right, was a huge signing last year. And I, I thought he played pretty good. But um, he, he, I mean, he even him, he's kind of a rare player like that. So I, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape out of it. At the end of the day, it's a quarterback league and it's all about Stafford being healthy. So that's a variable that has nothing to do with the free agency or, or the draft. So, um, you know, and, and the truth is it's not over yet. Remember a couple of years ago, Lang was signed like a month into free agency. Mm-hmm. So things can happen. Now you, you mentioned though earlier, we were mentioning when Slay left about getting, getting Matt Pat guys and everything. I have a quick trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which Detroit Lions defensive player is the only player to have played for Jim Caldwell? Is it Tavon? Nope. Jared Davis. Okay. Jared Davis is the longest tenure Detroit Lion. So you, you talk about turnover and yeah. you know getting Matt Pat guys. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, not one and, and, and also there's you know, to add to that, there's not one non-Bob Quinn defensive player, but now there's if you remember, there's two years with Caldwell. So it's the fifth year of Bob Quinn. So that just, you look at this roster and uh, three years ago, only one of them was on the team. So it, it you know, it, it's crazy. you talk about who's good, who's good, who's bad. Yeah, hey, these guys are going to be gone in two years. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more to talk about. So. <laughs> well, I hope not for some of the young guys and whatnot, but like you said, I, I guess my, my main point of the question or the thing that I'm going to, um, keep thinking about and keep trying to evaluate what you said. It's not over yet and the draft. will have a big hand in it, but do we have enough ball players to compete? Cause the NFL is ultra competitive. You know, there's not many bum teams out there. Everybody's adding talent, you know, and I like the Lions young talent, but when they're not ever in on these big names or never bringing in proven guys at high numbers, you wonder how they're going to compete against these teams that have six, eight, ten you know, players that not only are making Pro Bowls, which we know is somewhat empty, but are just legit NFL names and ball players. So I, I don't know that they have that those type of game-changing blue-chip 
you know, type athletes yet that they need. And I'm trying to figure out how we can get them. Or will they be the 04 Pistons where it's just a bunch of really good players that all play well together that fit the scheme and the coach rides them hard and gets the best out of them here in 2020, 2021. And we see a lot of W's go up on the board. I mean, I guess that's what I'm hoping for at this point is all these guys just mold really well. They listen, they play the scheme, and it works out that way because we're definitely not going after game changers. And i that's my only worry is that is that going to come back to bite you where you think you can get by with these system guys or guys you're comfortable with and they're just not good enough, you know, at a at a certain level. So I know that's normally normally not what I say here on Believe in Lions, but I this free agency class kind of has a question mark for me as positive and as um, you know much info as I've tried to gather on some of these guys. It's not a slam dunk. It's also not a miss for me. It's kind of a hmm, <laughs> you know, what's that going to yeah. be like when when they start playing football in 2020? So um, like you say, you you think they're a little bit worse. I actually think they're a little bit better just based on some of the subtractions, meaning like getting rid of some guys and maybe some guys with some more fight, some more want to. I think that really means a lot in the game of football. And we'll see. We'll see when they play and, and the draft is going to supplement this. I'm really curious to see how they're going to mesh the parts together, what they got versus what they're going to bring in, as well as, you know, who's going to be that late signing that's really going to tip it to. Oh, man, before I was worried. Now it's a, a much better class, you know, that makes sense along with the draft pick. So we'll see, right. man. Uh, excited, Paul. I thought you brought some great knowledge today and fun talking uh, free agency with you. You've been great to have on. Um for this free agent period really been killing it we'll we'll definitely keep having you back and and once free agency slows down we'll we'll talk about uh some other things that are going on with the detroit lions because i know you got lots of takes across the board just don't talk about xfl for 40 minutes for the people please oh man oh man (laughs) hey man it's there ain't much good going on in the world now don't take that from me but uh, all right all right all right (laughs) All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for everybody listening. This is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions. I'm your host, Derek Okri. You can find me at Derek Okri on Twitter. We'll have Paul Jackson from Tampa back on to break down uh, hopefully more free agent signings and more Lions talk here in a few weeks. Everybody take care. Stay safe. Have a great uh, week, weekend. And uh, like I say, keep safe in this crazy world we got. And do one thing for me. Believe in the Detroit Lions. Take care everybody. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.